Welcome here to another edition of Two Mics, No Filter. Of course, Andrea Smith is picture in picture with me, Dan Tortora, aka DT, hanging out here with you in our monthly broadcast under Dan Tortora Broadcast Media. Two Mics, No Filter is on social media at Two Mics, No Filter. You can also go to youtube.com backslash at Two Mics, No Filter. And you can find us on your favorite podcasting platforms by searching Two Mics, No Filter. So with that being said, Miss Andrea, how are you? I am good. How are you, Dan? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And I'm happy to be here. I'm, I, I love that this segment became what it became. And I, I told you that you know, I had a trick up my sleeve when I asked you to to do the two mics, no filter segment, because I always wanted it to be its own show. And I feel that, you know, now that we've had a couple weeks as you were traveling and I was traveling, we've had the opportunity to to reflect. And in my reflection of two mics, no filter, we talk about dating and relationships a lot. But I, this show is really meant to be two mics without a filter where we can talk about anything, where we can address issues in the world, things that are on our mind personally or in a bigger picture. Speaking of the bigger picture, on the big screen, in picture, we've seen the movie, you and I both have, The Sound of Freedom. And I saw it on the 4th of July, literally the day it came out. I bought a ticket. 15 minutes after I bought the ticket, I had spoken with a team of people that are working toward kind of helping people that have gone through sex trafficking and gone through uh, these horrific life altering events. And so I found it really poetic and ironic that in my personal life, I had made a decision to go see this movie. And then I ended up talking with a, a group of people that were trying to essentially help people that are going through these uh, really horrendous moments in their life that nobody should have to go through. So I feel like, you know, here today with, with the world half loud about it and half quiet about it, I think it's important that in a show where we say we have no filter, you and I have both experienced this movie. And if for nothing else, we can talk about how this movie affected us and how we reacted to it. So I'm going to kind of open the floor to you first about that. Yeah. And I'll say when I, I recent, I just saw it, my mom had been wanting to see it. So like for her birthday, I was like, well, I'll go with you. You know, we went and saw it. I did not know what I was getting into. Like I knew that it had something to do with child sex trafficking, but I did not. I think what I thought was that it was going to be political. Like, I think I thought that it was going to be based in America and a little bit more of a political kind of maybe rant or something. Yeah. And the first three minutes in, I'm like already feeling kind of nauseated and starting to cry a little bit, which we'll get to this later. But I do think that's probably the fear of why people are worried about seeing it is they don't want to feel that way. Yeah. Um, but I really didn't understand what I was getting into. I, I don't think now that doesn't change the way I feel. I'm glad I saw it. But I think I was unclear of exactly like how deep the story was going to go and to stay on topic really like i thought like i said i thought it was going to be this political kind of stint and it wasn't at all it was solely based on you know this man's effort to uh save more than one child obviously but to uh save carry out a promise, you know, that he made. And I, and I don't know if we're allowed to give away, if we're supposed to give away the whole story, but you know, that's the premises of it. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, and and like you said, I mean, and I, I find it interesting because you know you had said that your mom wanted to go and see it for her birthday, and my dad had said to me after I saw it, he he said, you know, I really want to go, and I said, you know, okay, when I when I come back from traveling, we could go. So we've yet to see it together, but I did see it that first day, and you know, I've seen a lot of movies. I am very into movies, into storytelling, and. I love the creativity of it going and seeing this movie, which I saw by myself. I was thinking about it. Now I do get sick to my stomach. I, I can say that of Lord knows how many hundreds of movies I've seen in my life. There is very few movies that have left me feeling an, an individual like reaction where i can say i had this reaction to this movie and i've never had this reaction to any other movie i felt that in movies like cloverfield i felt that in you know maybe with remember the titans there's certain things that make you feel a certain way and when i went to go see this movie sound of freedom when the movie ended it was a feeling of nauseous uncomfortable I think I'm going to throw up coupled with I need to do something I need to help coupled with how true is this where you know where can I reach out to and this overwhelming emotion in my strong faith in God of saying God help me to be a beacon of your light and show me what I need to do it, it was all of that yeah. I felt all of that true yeah I, I yeah that definitely describes it i mean there's a small bit of happiness because he carried out the mission he was supposed to carry out yeah. and it does go into the credits you know for people who haven't seen it, it does go into the credits of like kind of like a what happened afterwards you know how they put, bring things up on the screen um so I, i'll tell you when when i saw it there were several people that were there alone and i appreciated that because i felt like you know what these people really wanted to see this and they didn't care if somebody went with them or not you know so I appreciated that. Um, and then I also felt like like at, at the end of the movie, everybody clapped. And it has been a very long time. When I tell you a very long time since I've been in a movie theater where people clapped and everyone stayed throughout the entire credits. And 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 just for the listeners or the or the viewers that have not seen it at the end, the actor who plays Tim Burton, he does come on and talk to the to the audience, uh, you know, a video of him talking about how important it is to continue to push this and to continue to make sure that this message is getting out there. This is really happening. And though it's uncomfortable, like you said, you know, nauseated, uncomfortable, and though it makes you feel some type of way, you know, it is really happening and the statistics are out there. And, and, and that's the thing. I think that people who aren't seeing this movie, one, they don't want to know right? They don't want to know what's really happening in the world. They, they, they choose to yeah. not know this kind of stuff or be in their bubble, right? Which is fine to each their own. Then there's other people who, like when I posted about this movie, I got a lot of comments that were like, well, this is the reason I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I'm afraid to see it because I feel like I'm going to cry. I'm going to be so afraid and for our children. And, and the point is to not go on living afraid for the children yeah. across the world, really. The point is to recognize that this is happening and to start taking action to make it stop. 
you know, and, and, and listen, as a normal person, where does that begin? I don't know. Like for me as a parent, does it begin in making sure that I don't let my kids go to the bathroom alone? Like my son the other day, he recognized that he's six and like there were women looking like, why isn't he in the men's bathroom? This is at the airport. And I thought, and, I, and he got nervous for the first time I've ever noticed him do this. And he's like, he jetted out and he wanted to run to the men's bathroom by himself. And I got to tell you, after seeing this movie, I don't care how nervous he is. He's coming to the bathroom with me. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? He's not going to the bathroom alone. Because that quick, your kid can be just taken from you. And, you know, not for nothing, but the way that the way that this happened was it's a beauty queen who recognizes kids with talent on the street and then goes to the parents and says, hey, we think your kid can be something and shows them this brochure of how their kid has talent. They can make them a star. And the kid's begging like, mom, dad, please, I really want to do this. I really want to do this. Well, and then the parent, they're hesitant, they're nervous, but like, wow. You know, it's like hearing, you know, my kid did an Oshkosh uh, uh, thing and we drove to Atlanta for her to be in the Oshkosh catalog and all these things. And here she's 18 months old. And for a split second, I kid you not, I said to the people, should I walk? Should I let her go back there with you guys? Because I didn't know. I didn't know. Are you supposed to let them go do the photo shoot without you? Yeah. But now that I've seen this, I wouldn't do that. No. And and and, you know, like you bring up a great point because I had that conversation of, you know, people saying, well, shame on a parent for trusting a stranger with their kid. And I was like, wait a minute, because when you're in these situations and again, I mean, they and in today's world, it's so easy to fabricate almost everything. You can't fabricate a soul and you can't create a fate. You can't you can't fabricate God. So but beyond that. You can fabricate almost everything. And so that side of it, you know, having that conversation with people, I said, wait a minute, if I'm a parent, somebody came up to me and said, hey, you know, well, I, okay, I'll bring you into my example. Now, I was an adult when this happened. I was in my 20s, but my mom had said to me, hey, they're filming a movie in Rochester. You should go out for it. Mm -hmm. And she had gotten the title wrong. She said, I think it's Iron Man 2. I said, mom, that already came out. And so she said, let me call you back. And so she's like, it's Spider-Man 2, the amazing Spider-Man 2. And she was like, you know, go look for it online. Now, there was no easy way to find this online. I went, I I went, I looked for it. I thought I found it. I reached out to them. Now, these people had said to me, you know, come out. We like your look. Let's go do this. Now, I'm supposed to meet them in a hotel. Mm -hmm. I went by myself in the morning. Drove out here, drove almost an hour away from from where I was, and I go to this hotel, and I'm thinking to myself the whole time, I hope this is real, I hope this is real, I hope this is real. And I get there as a grown man, not knowing, you know, if this is real. Now they say, well, Dan, you're a grown man, you're not a child. Okay, but if I showed up at this place, and there was 10 people to throw me in a van, it's 10 versus one. So I go out to this thing, and it ends up being real, but since doing that work, I've been getting it, you know, I get a bunch of other stuff of, you know, apply to be on this movie, apply to be on that movie. I've done background checks of certain things, and I couldn't justify that this was an actual source, that this was an actual place. I tried to look up information on it. You'd be amazed. You go on the Internet and you try to look up like, okay, they're working on all these movies and they ask you to fill out all this personal information, but Mm -hmm. I won't fill out my Social Security number. And there's certain things I'm not going to put out there. 
And I'm looking on this and I couldn't find with multiple sources besides the one I worked on that they were viable, actual, real companies. And then I filled out one for New York City and I printed it out and filled it out. I never turned it in because on the one to fill out in New York City, it asked me if, I, if I'm if i okay being naked, partially naked. And I'm like, if I send this in as a legal document and I sign it, I don't know who this place is. And again, I got to fly to New York City. I got to go to whatever floor in this building. And these people are asking me to potentially be naked for a role. So, right. you know, I mean, people don't understand when you're applying for model stuff and acting gigs and all these things, there's really no clear cut 100%. I know this is a real business unless you've talked to someone that you trust that's worked for this company. And even then, do you trust that person? So we're talking about kids wanting to be models. I'm talking about being 27 years old, wanting to be in a movie for a major motion picture. And I didn't have all of the information when I drove an hour to go and get this. So I think people need to get off the parents and get off the friends and all this stuff, because there's really no clear cut way of knowing if you're safe in the confines of this place until you get there. Well, and, 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 you know, in the parent world, it's like, you think your kid is amazing. So yeah. if somebody else recognizes that your kid is cute or thinks they're talented as a parent, that is exciting. You know, now after seeing this movie, this may change this, but I can tell you the majority of people I know who do this kind of stuff with their kids or, or, or have, or are willing to, or would be excited by this. It's, it's a, it's high probability the majority of the parents I know would be super excited if someone came to them and said this, like your kid is, we think they're talented. We think they've got star quality. We love their look. They'd be great in this next movie. They throw out an actor's name out there. And you're just like, you don't know the industry, you know, unless you live in LA or you live in Hollywood and you are an actor yourself, like you probably don't know the interest industry well. So as a parent, you're like, wow, this is great. And you want to tell your friends, you know, at coffee the next day that you're going to go do this. And if they say like, hey, we take the kid in there to audition and you can wait out here. You know what? Most parents would do it because they don't know any better. They don't know that that could happen. Yeah. And 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 that's, again, you know, it's like my mom saying, because I'm driving in the middle of the night, you know, I'm driving to get there at 6 a.m., yeah. 7 a.m. And so my mom, I was married at the time. And so, you know, I got to, I check, I get to the set and I check in mom. I'm okay to my, my, to my wife at the time. Hey, I'm good. And to my dad, you know, let us know when you're coming home. And I would be on that set for 13 hours. So if anything yeah. had happened to me, I'm an hour away, I'm gone for half a day and nobody knows that I'm safe unless I answer my phone, which we couldn't use our phones on set. So my, my parents and my wife at the time had to go hours hoping that I was where I was supposed to be and that this was a real thing. And yeah. I mean, I'm not a parent of a human. I'm a parent of my pup, Lily. But the day that I'm a parent of, of a human child, yes. I mean, I've already had an issue with going, you know, the whole go into the bathroom by yourself. And I'm talking about, I'm talking, if I had a boy going into a boy's bathroom or a girl going into a girl's or the all gender or the not, whatever, whatever you want to call the bathroom, I have made myself very clear that I, I said, take for an example, Disney. If I had a daughter and she goes into the women's woman's bathroom and a man walks in behind her and I'm not, I'm not allowed to stop that man because in today's culture, men and women, whatever, right? there is no way in hell I'm not walking in behind that man. After seeing this movie, I'm going with her 
everywhere she goes. They're going with him everywhere they go. I'm going to be in the bathroom. And you know what? The heck with it. The day I get to be a parent of a human child, I'm going into the family restroom companion one where we can go in individually and lock ourselves in the bathroom. And it's just us because I, I was already the guy who like thinks like a criminal. And I say that to people, like, I always try to think about all the angles a criminal can take. And I do that maybe because I'm the son of a prosecutor, but I was raised to, to think about the angles. And if everybody can go into the same bathroom, male or female, my job was to think about the angle. The first thing I thought of was a man can go in there and attack a woman who's who's at her most vulnerable state. So now seeing this movie, I'm thinking I'm not going to let my kids go into any bathrooms by themselves. They're not leaving my sight. And that's just how it's got to be. And there is no way in hell I'm bringing them to a hotel room after seeing this movie and going, yeah, I'll pick them up in an hour. No, 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 no. If they can't go in with me, then I guess they're not getting the role. Yeah. Well, yeah. And and, and I think that, that is the hope going forward is that more people uh, have that. If they're ever going to put themselves or their children in that position or they want to be in that position for stardom or whatever, that they are just more aware of what could happen. You know what I mean? And and listen, I think to another point is like if you see something, say something which is should be the going thing for everything really if you see something say something but if you see something and you see a child with somebody that does not look comfortable or doesn't look like that could be their parent like say something and i know that it will make people uncomfortable and i know that it will make people you know it's judgy or whatever but i mean the statistics don't lie i mean it's like the number behind drugs it's the number two largest uh money maker for every country and the usa is one of the largest consumption countries in the world for child sex crimes i mean it's 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 disgusting and to think that you know i think it's hard for people as a whole to think that people are bad right and i think it's hard it's hard for me i mean i it's hard for me to assume that people are bad yeah. because, you know, in my everyday life, I don't witness that. I don't witness bad people or to my knowledge, I don't witness bad people, but they are out there and they are posing as teachers, friends, people that can be trusted by your children. And I think it's just it, as, as parents, you have to go the extra mile to, uh, to just look out for your for your family, you know, uh, your sister, your, your kids, you know, women are, women are being trafficked, you know, while children are, are definitely the highest or easiest to traffic because they're small women are getting trafficked. You know, there's always stuff in the media about, you know, somebody going missing and no one ever finding the body, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And then people starting to wonder, well, were they trafficked? Did something happen to them? And, and, and honestly, who knows? Yeah. And that, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of things that I took from this movie sound of freedom and that we're talking about here on two mics, no filter. One of the biggest things, well, the biggest thing that I took, I'll bring up in a second, but one of the things that I took was that statement of once your child is abducted, they could be down the street or they could be in Moscow. Yeah. And you're like, yes. you're like, what? And there, there's like a time period of if you can't, if if you have no connection or you don't know the potential handoff of your child within so many days or hours, whatever, 
that that they're considered gone. And there's a part of the movie where the boss of of uh, Ballard, who's who's the one that's played by Jim Caviezel in this, uh, his boss, you know, says to him, essentially, you know, you you saved you saved the son, you know, the, the daughter, you know, like she's gone. You got one out of two. And this is like this is like a career feather in your cap type of thing. So just take the fact that you saved one of two kids. Forget about the daughter. She's gone to the system. And let's let's just, you know, hang our cap on the way that we saved the child. And I thought that that was such a sick thing to say, like, oh, we got 50 percent of the family home. So, you know, look at what you did for your career. Look at this feather in your cap. The daughter's gone. So let's just forget about her and not have nightmares about that. And and when when Ballard, you know, who's played by Jim Caviezel, when when he brings the son back to the father, this was a really tough moment for me in the beginning. And then I thought about it because as soon as he brings the son back to the dad, the father says you ha-, he looks he looks right at the Ballard's desk and he says, you have children. And he says, yeah. And he said, what would you do if any one of your children, if any one of their beds was open yeah. at night? And it's the, it's like the, and and I don't know if this happened in real life, but it's the first thing said in the movie, the sound of freedom by this dad, he gets his son back and you think he'd be so happy. And the first thing that he says to him is I have to look at a bed that's open because of my daughter. Could you do that? And, And at first I'm like, wow, he's so ungrateful. And it was like, no, I'm grateful. My daughter's back, but I'm still, or my son's back, but I'm still grieving for my daughter. And it was, it was such a crucial moment to say, okay, if we save one child, that's great. But if there's millions of children, are we, are we satisfied in putting our life on the line to save one kid? Or do we continue to look for the rest of them? And like I said, at first it was hard to take in because it was like, well, we should be happy we've saved any of them. But then you you hear that statement God's kids are not for sale. And you just well, and the horror. Oh. Like you can't you like honestly, I, I get it. I I get I get like, okay, my son is home. My two children are not gone to the system, but I'm gonna have nightmares every night of my daughter, even though my son is home. And the fact that Ballard was like, you know what, I'm gonna go literally across the earth into the jungle. There's no Wi-Fi. There's no backup. There's no security. There's nothing here for me. If I'm going to save this girl, and I don't even know if she's here for sure, I have to do everything in my power to try and put this family, one family, not millions, one family back together. And God's children are not for sale. I left the movie. I got sick to my stomach, got into my car, and I put out on social yeah. media, God's children are not for sale. And I put out the link at the end of the movie to buy tickets for somebody else. Yeah, listen, I think the horror of one of your children returning and knowing now what happened to that child, the child's able to tell you what happened to them. And then to know that one of your children is not there and still in that. I don't know what could be worse. I really don't. I mean, I don't know if it was worse to just not know and not know where either your kids were or to know what the kid was going through. And then to know that she, especially that he's, you know, a male knowing that your daughter could be going through that horrifying to the umpteenth degree. I don't know that anything could be any more horrifying than that. Um, 
you know, I did the same thing. I put it out there on social media right afterwards with the whole big thing. I mean, I, I hope thing, and I mean, hundreds of likes and, and people on my Facebook or my social media talking about this. Thank you for sharing this. Thank you for putting this out there. Like so many people are afraid to speak on this or whatnot. And first of all, let me apologize. I said his name wrong this whole time. I, for some reason I was saying Tim Burton, the actor or the producer guy, it's Ballard. So I apologize to Tim Ballard here. We're talking about Tim Ballard. Um, I had somebody actually come over the top. Now, Hundreds of people have liked this post and said, thank you for putting this out. This is this movie. It's so impactful. Please go see it. Please go see it. And I had this one person put out there, you know, Tim Ballard exaggerated this story and blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking, I do, it's based on a true story, right? It is a movie made for entertainment as all movies based on a true story. There are things that were changed. Yeah. right altered to make the movie and the to make conjuring, it in a, time, the in a timely manner not a true story but it's right. loosely texas chainsaw massacre right. is based on a true story. my dog yeah. my dog you guys sorry um yeah be quiet um sorry everyone uh but the fact of the matter is here's what i said to this person what are we arguing about here are you arguing that there are that are you mad that you think he fabricated some of the story because the real point here is that this is happening. Whether he ran off through the night in the jungle or stayed on a boat and got her to the boat. I don't really care how it happened, okay? But the kids were rescued in that mission. The kids were rescued and they got like 50 kids back that, that mission. And the point is, this is happening and people picking out the details is be got to be, and you're looking at Petty Betty here, okay? I can be Petty. And I can be petty Betty and call myself that. I have self-awareness. But to think that somebody would pick up on that one thing and come under my post that's the most like heartfelt, please acknowledge that this is happening, even yeah. if it makes you uncomfortable. And that's what they took away from it is that they want to point out that Tim Ballard exaggerated some things for his story. It's it's mind-boggling to me yeah. that people want to sweep this under the rug. Well, Something so serious. Think about it. Oppenheimer about the atomic bomb guess what i'm sure that not every single line in that movie is based on a true story but we're not flipping out over oppenheimer we're not saying that oppenheimer didn't happen because a line or two might have been accentuated or fabricated i mean did every conversation happen exactly that way and but we're not saying that we're not saying that about oppenheimer and if we look at, i mean i want this to be clear to people. what'd you say it's mind blowing to me but how it, many it people is. are not talking about this. To movie. find to find anything and everything. And maybe they'll talk about it now because in the top 15 movies domestically in 2023 for box office, Sound of Freedom has made it. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the other movies currently. The Super Mario Brothers movie that people wanted to cancel because Chris Pratt was playing Mario. That makes no sense to me. And that went out the window the moment I heard it. But 574 plus million dollars. That movie is fake. It's not a real thing. It's CGI. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is a cartoon, which was number two. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is fake. Number three. Number four, Barbie is fake. Number five, Little Mermaid is fake. Number six, Avatar The Way of Water is fake. Number seven, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is fake. Number eight, John Wick Chapter 4 is fake. Number nine, Oppenheimer is based on a true story. Number 10, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, fake. Number 11, Transformers, unless your car has been doing weird things lately, Rise of the Beast is fake. Number 12, Creed 3 
is fake. It's a fake story about boxing. Number 13, Sound of Freedom, is based on a true story. Number 14, Fast X, is fake. Number 15, Elemental, is CGI, and so on and so forth. So of the top 15 domestic grossing movies in America in 2023, only two of them are based on true stories, Oppenheimer and Sound of Freedom, which has now made almost 100. It's about to make $150 million, which is more a about than a bunch of cartoon movies. Into. What'd you say? I said it says a lot about us as Americans and what we're into. That Super Mario Brothers CGI movie has made almost $600 million and Sound of Freedom has made almost $150 million. But at least people are going, and by the way, these other movies, Warner Brothers, Walt Disney, Columbia, Universal, Lionsgate, 20th Century Fox, Sound of Freedom, Angel Studios. That's what I was going to say. I mean, the budget on this movie and the fact that it was made five years ago and it's just now out there, it's been trying to be shut down for five years, is also mind-blowing. I just don't understand how you can take a story and something so important and something so real and 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 horrific, horrible, and not want to show it, right. not want it to be out there. And by the way, for people who have not seen it and they're afraid of what they might see, there is nothing gory and nothing that you will see of actually the act of something bad happening. Okay, There's so you don't have to. In all the movies that you are seeing, exactly. You, I, I think that people. I think that that could be an excuse, I'll say. Like, I yeah, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. That's not what this is. This movie was so well done. You know what's going to happen yeah. by what the, the what's being said. You know what's going to happen. But it does not show those things. So you don't have to worry that you're walking into some horrific thing to watch visually. It's not that. But it's about the triumph of this person stopping at nothing to say, you know what? Every life matters. I can't stop at just one kid. There are these kids. Now that he now that he knows they're out there, he has to go yeah. after it. You know what I mean? It's it's, a, it's this crusade and this this really really human nature, to be honest. Of when you know something, it's like you know what, Dan? It's like this. It's like you see a stray animal come up to your house, okay? And so you put food out for the stray animal. Okay, this is a true story, you guys. <laughs> On a silly note, this is a true story. You see the stray animal come up to your house and you're like, you know what? Oh, it must be hungry. I'll put food out. This is a cat. The cat keeps coming back because you put food out for it. But now you can't, you can't in your mind not put food out for the animal because you know the animal's out there and you know the animal's hungry. It's like suddenly, even though you may not be a cat person, i.e. me, you care about the cat, right? The cat gets into a cat fight. The cat fight now makes you take the cat to the vet. The vet tells you you can't let the cat outside for a, a week. Guess what? Seven years later, the cat's now my cat. I'm not even a cat person. But the point is, it opened my heart to know that the cat was out there. I no longer could not care that the cat was out there because the poor cat was out there. And that's the thing. It's like, you know now that this is happening, right? You see this movie. If you weren't aware before because you're under a rock, you now see it. You understand it. You feel it differently. Yeah. Now that you know this is happening, you cannot go on with your everyday life with without thinking differently about the way you are as a person out and about and the dangers that you could be under. I mean, I see every day on the Facebook groups, the mom groups of like, I ladies, be aware. I was at Walmart and there was this strange man following me and it was strange. And he had another person with him. And then finally I went and got security and security said that same man's been walking around the store. You know, you just can't think about it the same. You have to be on, 
you have to think differently because people are not all good. No. You have to look out for yourself. You have to look out for your neighbors. There's a lot of reasons why this music, th this movie is important. It's important for what you just said. It's important to gather information. It's important to let people know of things that they should consider when they go out. It's important for people to be reminded to watch their children. You know, I, I worked at Walt Disney World for many years. Never knew this. And, you know, they, they said that there's people that come in and that Disney has to look out for child molesters and, and different people in that respect. And they'll tell you, they're like, oh, yeah, there's certain people that try to come in and you don't know about them. But you don't even think about that. You go to Disney to have a great time, to feel like you have heaven on earth, to get away from everything. And then I find out after going to Disney for over two decades of my life, oh, yeah, we have to make sure that we're watching certain people. We're making sure of certain things. It, you know, and, and I can't even fathom that. I can't even fathom that somebody gets up in the morning and says, you know, where is a great place for me to go to try and abduct a child? Walt Disney World, because there's kids everywhere. And that's how sick people, like you said, I don't want to believe that people are bad. I don't want to believe that people, I don't believe people are born bad, but I don't want to believe people have chosen to be this outrageously, horrifically demonic. And, you know, you look at these numbers and you look at things that, that th this movie is meant to give you information. And here's the other thing to the people that say that this movie's fabricated. It's not based on a true story. If the movie was not based in truth and it was only fictitious, it wouldn't have taken five years to come out because nobody's trying to hide something that's fake. Well, these people were really arrested. <laughs> it showed the pictures of exactly who they are. I mean, this was a real beauty queen who pageant queen with not one thing on a record, not even a speeding ticket, who was luring these children and working in, into this process of making the money off the children. Right. And, you know, you know, I'll tell you what, the biggest impactful statement at the end of this movie that or or somewhere in the movie that they said was you know and, and i mentioned this earlier that it's the second uh financial win for some of these smaller countries outside of drug sales yeah. and the com the statistic they said was this you can sell a gram of, co of cocaine for example right somebody buys it they do the cocaine that one night right done yeah. You can sell a child five to six times in one day. Yeah. And that is extremely impactful to think about it that way. Yeah, because it's and they said, I mean, it's already passed the the arms, you know, the weapon weapons and whatnot. It's already passed weapon sales and yeah. they believe that it will actually pass drug trafficking. You know, and, and people you can go online, you can look up the numbers, you can look up different things here. Uh, you can look up an estimated 27.6 million victims worldwide at any given time, 27 million. Okay. That's, that's one place saying this, this is state.gov backslash human trafficking. So it talks about the United States. It talks about uh, the understanding of it, forced labor and other parts that are a part of this. It talks about sex trafficking, what it means, what the purpose is. There's also the numbers on what state is number one in human trafficking, California. And California had 1,334 cases reported in 2021, had over 1,500 reported in the previous year. That was during COVID, folks. That's when people were supposed to be at home, not even out in public. And you got these, these many cases. And, and that's reported. 
right? That's reported cases. That's not actual cases. That's not, you know, how many things got swept under the rug, potentially. That's not how many things weren't reported. You know, it's kind of like when we talk about domestic violence and they say, you know, there's so many cases reported for women and little to no cases reported for men. That's because most men, including myself, who was domestically abused by my girlfriend in college because I refused to hit back. And there was multiple times where she had swung and connected with me and did a lot of things. You know, I don't talk about that stuff to to put her down. I've never said her name. I've never said where she lives. But when the Me Too movement came out, I was not allowed as a man to talk about the fact that someone tried to strangle me, punch me in the back of the head, slap me in the face, kicked me and spent hours trying to punch me, spent hours trying to do things to me. I wasn't allowed to talk about that. I never reported that to the police. Why didn't I report it to the police? Because I'm a man, she's a woman. And I was afraid that if I said my word against hers, even though I did nothing and she did everything, I was terrified that the cops are going to come there that night and arrest me because yeah. she's a woman and I'm bigger than she is. And they might have, to be honest with you, they might have, they might've said, you know what? Even who we can't tell who was right and who's who's wrong and who's lying and who's not lying. So we're just going to take him away. Right. And that's the thing is, it's like, you know, I mean, that's the world that we live in. We live in a world where men don't report domestic violence, domestic abuse. We live in a world where people aren't reporting sex trafficking. If you want to really feel this movie. Watch the beginning credits of all of the footage on cameras yes. of of just right. motorcycles pulling up. They got masks on. You can't see them. They go to a group of three kids. They pick up one. They they choose that kid. They put the kid in between them on the motorcycle. They go off. Watch the brother who's chasing his sibling down the road. This stuff made me want to cry. It made me sick. And what I want to tell people about the sound of freedom of this, I don't want to believe it. I want to be ignorant. I don't want to feel scared. I don't want to pay money to make myself sick to my stomach. If you want to run from reality, run from reality, but understand something. You don't run from fantasy. You don't run from all the, you want to believe that a car can turn into a transformer. You want to believe Spider-Man's real. You want to be, believe that Iron Man can save the universe if there's an alien somewhere with six gems trying to snap his fingers. But you don't want to go to a movie or turn on a TV show because you're afraid on how reality will make you feel. My response to you, What's worse, paying $13 to see something that might make you sick or being the parent that never sees their child again? Because you can never pay enough money to make that parent feel better. So the okay. next time you say to me, I'm afraid to see this movie because I don't want to believe it, or I'm going to try to discredit it, or I'm going to try to cancel people that saw it, answer this question for me. Could you go to sleep with one of your children's beds open tonight? No. I, I mean, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's, uh, I mean, I feel sick even thinking about it, like just replaying when you said like the part about the very beginning. And I mentioned this early on, like the first three minutes of that movie, when I didn't really know what I was getting into, you know what I mean? It was all I could think about was my six-year-old and my three-year-old and how quickly we're walking through a store that one will try to run off and run to another aisle. And you know what I mean? I just, and remember, you know, I'm somebody who was uh, carjacked and taken on a little trip around town all night long. You know what I mean? So I, in general, know how quickly someone can, and I was an adult, 
how someone quickly can grab you. So it's, it's just, I mean, it, it you know, I, I've been saying for a while, I, wouldn't it be great if we took a cruise and, you know, Disney, I hear, has the best family cruise ever, right? And it would be great. And the one great thing about the Disney cruise is they have these great kid activities and you can actually feel comfortable leaving your kids so that you can have a little bit of adult time too. And I'll tell you, after I saw that movie, the text to my husband was, let me tell you, we will never take a cruise and leave our kids in the play area. That will never happen. I don't care what brand it is. And, and, you know, it, it, I mean, you, you bring it up, but, you know, it's a sad thing of when you and I were kids growing up, our parents would open the door yeah. on a Saturday at eight o'clock in the morning and they'd say, be home by dinner at five o'clock. They didn't, yeah. you know, they, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have pagers. We didn't have money. We literally just ran around with the other kids in the neighborhood and sometimes they could see us and sometimes they couldn't. But if it was 501, my mom was in that car driving down to the baseball field that I was supposed to be on. And she would say, Daniel, you were supposed to be home. I was supposed to know where you were. My mother did not wait a half an hour, an hour till it got dark out. If it was five minutes, where are you? And I and, and I remember one time, you know, my my friend, five years old, he said to me, we were we were five years old. We're in the grocery store. He he went underneath one of the produce things for the oranges and my our parents, my our moms were there and he said, hide with me under here. It'll be fun. And I, at five years old, knew better. And I went underneath there. He's my best friend. And I went underneath the thing and I said, OK, that you know, like, why are we under here? And he like backed up into the darkness and he wouldn't talk to me. And I was like, what are we doing this? Like, why are we here? And he said, don't go out. And here I am five years old. He goes, if you leave right now and run back to your mom, I'll never be your best friend again. Yeah. And so here I am thinking, well, I don't want to lose my best friend and I'm a little kid. So I stay with him. And my mom, in the meantime, here's a helicopter outside. She thinks we've been abducted. She's in the parking lot. She's running, grabbing everybody that's walking out, asking everybody where we are. I eventually said to him, I, I have to go find my mom. I didn't feel right. I ran to go find her. And my mom, for that, what, half an hour's time, was mortified, just terrified, crying. Mm. And this was this was back in 1990. My mom was my mom was losing it. And it's because my friend told me I won't be your best friend if you don't hide with me. I look back on this and I think to myself, I knew at five years old, I shouldn't do it. Not every kid knows that. And and you also. Like my parents taught me, don't go into a van. Don't go up to somebody with an unmarked car. Don't go up to someone that you don't know. And, you know, don't talk to strangers. And I go back to that day where my friend told me to do that. And the way that my mother must have felt and the way that I at five years old knew well enough not to do it. And after, like he said to me, I'm not going to be your best friend. I got to a point where I was like, I don't care. And I ran to find her. I can't fathom what my mother felt like in that moment. And then I watched this movie and I think to my, and it's the first thing I thought about. I'm like, what would my mother or father do if I was in the front yard playing and they were in the backyard and some car just pulled up to my street, grabbed me off the sidewalk and left? Okay, well, so this is the 90s, right? Yeah. So think, this is around the time that, you know, Unsolved Mysteries came out. Those shows are America's Most Wanted. Remember Adam Walsh? The yeah. situation with, you know, the kid, his son goes missing. Or is I, you know, I can't remember if his name was Adam or if whose 
which was Adam, if it's the son or the guys, the America's Most Wanted guy. But his the reason he's devoted his life to finding criminals is because his kid went missing from a very similar situation to that. And, you know, it, you know, even as an adult, look at I mean, we could talk about this forever. Honestly, we may want to tra transfer into a crime podcast pretty soon because um, <laughs> we could go on and on, to be honest. But I mean, look at the the uh, New Jersey killer guy. You know, a family man, a dad, a husband. This is the thing. It's like you just can't be too cautious. And I I don't want to be the kind of parent that doesn't allow their kids to do anything. That's not it. But am I going to be over careful with them? Am I going to let them spend the night out? Probably not. Honestly, until they're teenagers and they can totally verbalize what's happening to, to them somewhere or understand that something could be wrong and have a red flag -a meter, probably not. People yeah. can say the night at our house, but right. my kids aren't going anywhere. Well, that, I mean, I feel like society has kind of put us there. I mean, I never thought that I would be broadcasting a show talking about people being sold like drugs. I know. Or, I know. I mean, we, we like to be funny. Right. I had to I had to tell the cat story just to be something like a little bit softer. But, you know, it's like we like to be funny. We don't want to talk about this stuff, but it's important. And it's important that even when you even when you want to feel good, that there are bad things happening and that we as a society have to we have to band together and look out for each other. Yeah. Like it just it that's the answer. We know that we can't save everybody. We know that we can't stop bad people from doing what they're doing. But as a society, we've got to see movies like this, get uncomfortable, face the hard truths of what's really happening, and then do something about it. Yeah. I mean, how many millions of people are watching all the UFO hearings, but you don't want to go see this exactly. movie about, you know, the, the sound of freedom. And I would just, you know, going off of what you said, I would implore people to care about other kids as your own, look out for each other, if you see something, say something. I'm still sitting here with something in my stomach of uh, being in Jacksonville. I mean, I was in Jacksonville's airport and there was a teenage girl and a teenage guy. They had nothing but like a bag going through security. And there's all these sex trafficking things that say, if you see something, say something and this and that. And I just kept thinking she wasn't talking. She looked super pale and she was just hanging on to him like in a, in a way, and something wasn't sitting with me, but I was like, it's not an older guy. It's not anybody like this. Like he's young, she's young, but I just keep going back to that moment going, something felt weird with me, but I didn't know what to say to the authorities. I didn't know, you know, Hey, these are two teenagers that aren't carrying anything through security. And I don't feel good about it. I didn't, you know, I didn't know what to say. And I know somebody who went through a thing at an airport where there was a guy an older man and a girl. And he said, Oh, I'm her uncle. That's why our names are different. And he kept speaking for her and she just kind of looked weird. And that person just went to someone of authority and said, Hey, we need to, we need to run this person through the system. We need to check. And, 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 and like we found out from the movie, some people have no record. They have no record, which is making it easy for them to traffic because there's nothing to find. And, you know, I, I just I want to tell people but often American people. Right. Are and trafficking I, from these countries to get these people or get these kids for Americans. And I, I want people to know this. I want you to understand this. 
canceling people talking about this is canceling the lives of children that are lost right now. Canceling the conversation about this is canceling the hope that someone can return home. What if it was your sister, your brother, your mom, your dad, your aunt, your uncle, your grandma, your grandparent? It's not just about children. It's about anybody. What would you do if this was your person, your family member, your best friend? This is to Mike's No Filter. Our show is about having no filter. We joke a lot. We talk a lot about things and we try to make we try to make tough subjects funny. Today, we had to talk about something in a very serious way because I'm not going to wait for somebody else to do the job that we need to do. God gave me this microphone a long time ago, and I believe he gave me this microphone because he wanted me to spread his message and to not be afraid to talk about his truth. God's children are not for sale, and I'm not going to apologize for saying that. I thank everybody that worked on this movie for bringing it out there and putting it into life. If you want to nitpick it, nitpick away. The reality is if there's one child being sex trafficked, there's truth to that movie that we just saw. And we need to do something about it. And we cannot do something alone. And we should never have to do something in a world where it's like, oh, thank God it's not my kid. And you go about your life. We need to care. We need to work together. I thank the people that had the faith and the courage and the cojones to go out there and to tell this story to every child that needs to know that they're going to be okay. We are looking out for you. We are praying for you. And there are people in this world that are willing to say something. Andrea, I thank you for really living by two mics and no filter and joining me today to tell a story because who are we if we don't talk about the things that matter and we don't try to shed light on something that needs to stop. I never thought I'd be in a world where God's kids were for sale. And I look forward to being in a world where one day they're not.